He's got the chocolate sweets. He's just thrown in another seven in the last the 15 sweets. seconds. Justin Marshall, what do you think of this for a gag? Oh, you there, Marshy? Yes, yeah, same, Justin. I'm just listening for the gag. <laughs> <laughs> this, I mean, come on, this is this is terrible bet. This is a horrible way to settle a bet, isn't it? Yeah, it is actually, but it does it does amuse me that um, it is a genuine male thing, isn't it? It usually involves betting for something that you either eat or drink that people think you're incapable of doing, and you do it until you feel absolutely terrible. And <laughs> it's, just, it's just typical, isn't it? <laughs> uh, here we go, mate. So as we rock up to your juice bar today, what are the, what are the juices you've got on option? Yeah, look, first of all, um, Damien McKenzie, what a massive blow for him as an individual and more, uh, equally the All Blacks at the uh, Rugby World Cup later this year. Um, just two, the Blues, New Zealand curse. Yes, they've won one game, but it's only one game in 20, I think about three or four, and they've got another one facing them this weekend. And finally, I know I've said it before, I don't like to be repetitive, but this week I just feel I have to be how good Tiger Woods what a major win, but also golf is just so much better with that man competing at the top. Hallelujah. It is. Mind you, uh, Tiger Woods' achievement was pretty good. However, yesterday I took my daughter and her mate uh, to the movies. I gave them four uh, $5 worth of gold coins. They went straight away to that claw machine, you know, the one that picks up toys. And I just after yeah. I'd said, don't use that, no one ever wins on it, they both won in the space of $4. <laughs> That's better than Tiger Woods. Uh. <laughs> and one of the, the winning on that thing is a miracle. That's a miracle. It is, eh? Yeah, I mean, let, let, well, let, let's have a look then. Go, go to the um, uh, Damien McKenzie on the way out there as well. All sorts of theories thrown out during the week. I know JK was saying the other day, let's get Aaron Cruden back. There were people saying Lima Sopawanga uh, and all sorts. Your thoughts on the matter? Because personally, I doubt we can get anyone back from overseas. So your thoughts on how they might look to repair things? Yeah, and I think the second point is that the New Zealand Rugby Football Union and Steve Hansen uh, in general are very stoic about their stance on uh, selecting players um, within New Zealand and trying to make sure that they preserve the New Zealand jersey here in New Zealand. And I don't see them um, wavering from that because uh, they're very passionate about it and it's what retains our talent um, and doesn't encourage youngsters from leaving. So I don't think that's an option for them. what I do know is having been uh, talking to Grant Fox about it a couple of weeks ago, the All Black Selector, is they are very determined that at Rugby World Cups they do take three specialists first fives. Um, so that really throws a conundrum at them where they now they now obviously only have two incumbents and then they have some that, that have had opportunities uh, like the, the likes of young Cameron from um, the Crusaders. But there's nobody that's really standing out, which is why I guess all of these experts out there throwing names into the mix um, to, to try and see who that specialist would be. When I say specialist, I mean somebody that's capable of playing their test match level. And, and Damien McKenzie, regardless of whether people thought he was a 15 or a 10, has played test match rugby um, in that position at the highest level. So he was going to be their third choice first five. So that really upsets the apple cart in terms of the 31 players that they select, how they now find a way a slot of first five in there that can also give them the balance of maybe playing another position, which McKenzie could have done. Well, before we get to him possibly being the third choice 10, Justin, he actually emerged as being their number one 15. So what do they do yeah. at fullback? Yeah, well, absolutely. Um, 
Thankfully, they do have some options there. Um, you know, I think uh, the inclusion of George Bridge showed that they're really pleased with his progress. And he, I think uh, everybody out in New Zealand and the, the rest of the world would agree that he took his opportunity when he got the chance in Japan. And uh, and David Harvey as well. Um, and, and then, of course, you've got Geordie Barrett. So I think they're, they're a little bit better covered off um, at fault. And, and, and again, you know, I'm, I'm a big advocate that Ben Smith is the world's best fullback and has had to compromise a little bit. So... It might not be a bad thing for them that he has to play there now um, regularly. So I think that's a good thing. I think the, the, the big problem is, you know, if they choose a fullback there, who do they then slot into that first five position? Who it is very good for, I believe, um, is Richie Moonga. Because providing he maintains his form and he, he, he stays as their, their second choice or pushes for first choice, uh, first five position, it means that he won't get compromised on the bench by selecting somebody like Damien McKenzie, I think they would genuinely pick him now. And he is able and capable of playing a bit of fullback as well. So I think it's a very good thing for him that he becomes a hell of a lot more important in the balance of who they select in their 23. One of the things I thought, a player I thought, oh man, he would have been actually brilliant right now uh, to fill in that role as a guy called Israel Dagg, who's just sent off, you know, like there's a guy that could yeah. play pretty well in there on it. Um, but also, you, know, you know what, the other thing is, sorry, just to, just to yeah. interrupt, just to tap it off, is... Usually, you know, in a calendar year, you get a few more opportunities before big test matches to, to, to give somebody a go. But this year, I think the All Blacks have only really got Tonga and then three years three of rugby championships games, two against Australia, one against South Africa, one against Argentina, so four. So they've got bugger all the time to, to, to experiment. And if they are going to experiment, they're in big test matches, you know, two against Australia, one South Africa and one Argentina away. So somebody's going to get thrown into the fire. And if they went with Ben Smith at fullback, is that an acknowledgement that they're going away from having the 10, 15 drivers? Oh, good point as well. Gee whiz. And you've, you've, you've actually hit the nail bang on the head because that's the way that they've, they've wanted to steer their, their game plan, being able to have those two drivers doing that. And, you know, the, the, the balance that they had in doing that is, was where they were looking. So, look, let's throw it here. The other... The other, the other part of the equation could be that do they start thinking more seriously, which has is, is popped into my mind, to be honest, about starting Bowden Barrett at fullback. Mm. Well, um, that, you know that that Richie, you know that someone like Richie Moore becomes the ten, Bowden Barrett fullback, Ben Smith stays on the wing. It's still not a bad bloody when you think about it. Three drives. Yeah. I mean, the, the, I mean, there must have been some silent sort of yes going on in the uh, from around the other big teams in the world when they saw Damien McKenzie out. I'm sure of it. Oh, for sure. And, and you know, he was what is it's such a shame. I really feel sorry yeah. for, for Damien McKenzie, but it's it's an injury that a guy like him is going to sustain because he just throws everything that he's got or whatever weight that he is weighing in at into absolutely everything he does on the rugby field. Um, he's just so courageous that sometimes you're going to get an unfortunate one, and unlucky for him, he did. Mm. If we uh, if if we have a look at the Blues, just give me something here. What do they need in the recruitment world? If Justin Marshall becomes a recruitment world, what sort of positions do they need to get them over the hump so that they don't continue with this not quite there against the New Zealand teams? I, I think they're, they're, they're growing in that area. I, I just think they need some um, maturity at 9 and 10, really, to, to you know micromanage certain parts of the game where they've got, they've got real experience that, they don't let things um, slip away from them. And look, there's no doubt about it. They've got more resilience, more steel about them. Um, 
and they look really, really good um, in attack. Uh, but they, they they are conceding points when they probably don't have to, and that would be frustrating. Leon McDonald, I'm sure, because I know how he feels about um, defence and how important it is in the game. So, you know, that, a lot of that has got to do with areas of the field you're playing in. Uh, but I think um, Jonathan Rue, um, you know, and or Teddy Black, are, are really starting to grow into their positions, and they will get there. But unfortunately, you don't have time in this competition to, to, to have that leniency. So those are the two areas where I think um, at the moment they still need to get some maturity to, to close out games that they, they could be winning and should be winning. What is the Easter egg of choice for an elite X-level mm. athlete like yourself, Marcy? <laughs> well, boys, i tell you what. When, when I first started out in my early school days and I got... I had to get up and stand, um, say my name. You know, when you first make go into the classroom and everyone introduces themselves, and some little peanut kid yelled out from the back when I said Justin Marshall. Marshall said, "Oh, Marshmallow." <laughs> and I was, I was known, I was known at school for my first three or four years as the Marshmallow. So I'd have to go for the Marshmallow egg, I guess. There you go. He's Team Marshmallow.